Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister Bernard Williams comes with a thought-provoking message entitled, Breaking Faith. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. And so we've been spending several weeks uh, talking about faith, right? Uh, if you don't know that, then I don't know where you've been for the last, I don't know how some ever three months, uh, but it's okay. We're going to catch you up today. <laughs> and um, I wanted to share something that the Lord put on my heart um, over the last couple of weeks, and it's really been wrecking my perspective of faith. Today's message is entitled, Breaking Faith. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to break apart your faith, but we're going to talk about a faith that is empowered to break, to break situations, to break circumstances, to break perspectives, to break understandings. Y'all with me? Our foundation scripture comes from Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, and we'll talk about the story in a minute. What do you mean... If I can, Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. All my paper Bible saints make some noise. Okay. All the rest of y'all, we'll get you saved before the end of the service. <clears throat> but all my paper Bible saints highlight, underline, believes, because that's an important point. The father then instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I have come to an understanding. I have been in church a long time. I am 43 years old despite the new haircut. I know I look young. Um, and my dad was a pastor for 34 years. I've been in Baptist churches, Kojic churches, Pentecostal churches, Apostolic churches, Presbyterian churches, Episcopalian churches, Lutheran churches, Catholic churches, non-denominational churches. And one of the things that I have come to find is we say a lot of times, I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm trusting in, I'm trusting in the Lord. But this verse stuck out to me. Because it says anything is possible if a person believes, not if a person trusts. And so I've come to the understanding that there is a difference between trust and faith. Faith is not trust, and trust is not faith. Merriam-Webster defines it as this, trust is an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. Essentially, truth, excuse me, trust means I've seen it, and because I've seen it, I know that I can depend that it will be there. Faith, on the other hand, Merriam-Webster said, is a firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Just, I'm, I'm make, trying to make sure y'all catch this, because if you don't catch this, you're going to miss a lot of it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, New Living Translation says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding, which stands to reason when I trust, I am switching my understanding for another understanding, but I know what it is so I can depend on it happening. Are y'all following me? Okay. However, 
Hebrews chapter 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things I got, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things I have seen, the evidence of things not seen. Does everybody see that there is a very marked difference between trust and faith? I'm going to ask Minister Johnny to come up here real quick. Minister Johnny, come on. Uh, I want you to have your Easter jacket on. Put your Easter jacket on. Now, I asked Minister Johnny before today's message to come up because I, I knew, I, I, I had belief that he was going to have what I'm going to ask him for. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask him for, but I believe, I have faith that he will have it. Are y'all catching what I'm saying? I didn't, I haven't seen him do this before, but because I've heard about his character, I believe, I have faith that he's going to have what I'm about to ask him for. Are y'all catching this? Minister Johnny, do you have any cash on you? Unfortunately, I don't. You don't? I left my wallet in my office. You left your wallet in your office? I did. It's okay. Now, it still works in my example. Because, because of his character, I had faith that he would do it, but he didn't do it the way I thought he would. And so, the truth of the matter is, I may not be able to trust him to do it the way I've seen it, but because I've heard enough about his character and been around him enough, I believe that the next time I call on him, there is an ability for him to do what I'm asking him for. Are you catching the difference? Now, catch this. Because he didn't have it in the moment, I can't quite trust him to have it. Catch up to it. But I still have faith. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? Can we give God praise for an amazing dream team director? An amazing staff minister? He did have a uh, tic-tac. Praise God. Since the beginning of time, we have been in a constant struggle between the desire to know and trust and the desire to have faith and believe. The desire to know and trust. Anybody like me, I got to drive. Anybody hate being a passenger in a car? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I, ooh, ooh. My wife is an amazing driver. I hate being in a passenger seat. Um, I've been in church literally all my life. Y'all know when we used to take those church trips? And the church trips, they would have a bus so that everybody wouldn't have to pay for their own gas and their own car. I would be the one that would be like, just give me the address. Because I want to know where I'm going. I want to go to something that I can trust to tell me how to get there. And then I know how to be able to build out my schedule when I want to stop to use the bathroom. And when I want to stop and get some snacks. But the desire to know and trust is in direct opposition to the desire to have faith and believe. I can't know and trust and have faith and believe. 
Because trusting means I've seen it before, I can trust it. Believing means I haven't seen it before, but I have faith it will. This has been going on since the beginning of time, and you may not have even seen it, but those of you that are in Connect to Freedom, you've heard this before. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve's fall did not start with eating the fruit. It actually started with ingesting the concept, watch this, that knowing was more important than believing. Y'all don't believe me? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Y'all going to get all these verses, and I'm going to get this assignment done. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, New Living Translation. New Living Translation. Y'all about to get all these words. Here we go. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman answered the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but about the, but about the fruit in the tree in the middle of the garden, God has said you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. You will not surely die. The the serpent told her, I had to change my voice. I had to get dark. (laughs) For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when this woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes, this is an underlined spot, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. She took the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And so they knew, they knew, they knew that they were naked. They knew. They were naked before, but now they knew. So they sewed together fig leaves and made coverings for themselves. This is just another reminder that faith isn't, the substance of, yes, faith isn't the substance of what you've seen, experienced, and felt in the past, but faith is the evidence of things not seen. The issue that happened back in the Garden of Eden was that God had said, you can have all of it, but I want you to eat from the tree of life. If you eat from the tree of life, then you will continue to depend on me. If you eat of this other tree, it will give you the knowledge of good and evil. You will know, but you can't trust. Because now you'll know. Are y'all catching this? Many of the decisions that we've made throughout our lives is because we've been trying not to just get what God has for us. We want to know it. That's why... Many of us had sex before marriage because I had seen enough stuff that I wanted to know what it felt like. And then once you tasted it and experienced it, you knew good from evil. And so then it makes it really difficult to turn it off because now I have this knowledge, but I don't have God's wisdom to know how I should apply this knowledge. And so I'm going to continue to apply it in the wrong equation And then ask God, how do I fix all this other stuff when I'm not going according to... I'm sorry. Many of us are so focused on what we've seen that we are hampering our opportunity to see what eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. You're so focused on what you've seen before that you are unable to receive what God has for you 
because what God has for you, you've never seen before. Somebody receive that. And so, the Lord wanted me to ask you this question. Are you willing to break what you trust in order to receive what you're believing for? Are you willing to break what you trust? I know what a good marriage looks like, but I don't know what a God marriage looks like. I know, I know what a good friendship looks like, but I don't know what a God friendship looks like. Are you willing to give up your definition of good in order to get God? I want to talk to you about two powerful stories that drive this revelation home. The first is the man with the demon-possessed boy. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. I told y'all, y'all getting all these verses. And I'm going to finish this assignment, and I'm going to be on time. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 27, the Passion Translation. Catch all of this. Now, when they had come down the mountain to, to the other nine disciples, they noticed a large crowd of people gathered around them with the religious scholars arguing with them. The crowd was astonished to see Jesus himself walking toward them, so they immediately ran to welcome him. What y'all arguing about with these religious scholars? He asked them. A man spoke up out of the crowd. Teacher, he said, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. And I brought him here to you. And Jesus, whenever the demon takes control of him and knocks him down and he foams at the mouth and he gnashes his teeth and his body becomes as stiff as a board, I brought him to your disciples hoping they could deliver him, but they weren't able to do it. And so Jesus said to the crowd, why are you such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now, bring me the boy. Bring him here. And so he fell to the ground. The boy fell to the ground, rolling around. Wait, did I miss? Did I skip something? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they brought him to Jesus. Thank you. As soon as the demon saw him, it, bru- it threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground, rolling around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus turned to the father and asked, how long has your son been tormented like this? Since childhood, he replied, it tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire or into the water. But please, if you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, what do you mean if? Isn't it interesting how you brought your boy to Jesus believing? I'm I'm not going to get ahead of myself. If you're able to believe, All things are possible to the believer. When he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears, saying, I do believe, Lord, but help my little faith. Now, when Jesus saw the crowd was quickly growing larger, he commanded the demon, saying, Death and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The demon shrieked and threw the boy into terrible seizures and finally came out of him. As the boy lay there looking like a corpse, everyone thought he was dead, but Jesus stooped down, gently took his hand and raised him up to his feet, and he stood there completely set free. Four things I want to share with you, four points in this story, and then we're going to do another one. Yeah, we're going to get all of it. I told you. There are four things that your faith needs to break. There are four things 
that your faith needs to break. Point number one, let faith break how you've defined your reality. Let faith break how you've defined your reality. Verses 17 through 18, you find this man who has brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus, and he starts reliving the challenges that have been happening. Everything that he says is a certainty to him. I'm going to go back to it. Y'all have to look at it on your own time. He says, I have a son that's demon-possessed. Uh, possessed by a demon that makes him mute. I brought him here to you, Jesus. Watch this. Now he starts replaying the history. Whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down and he foams at the mouth. He gnashes at his teeth and his body becomes stiff as a board. I brought him to your disciples hoping they could deliver him, but they weren't able to do it. Some of us keep bringing God what we define our situation to be. You brought him for healing. You brought him for healing, but you continue to say out of your mouth, sickness. You brought your marriage for repair, but you keep speaking dysfunction. You brought your job to him. You brought your financial situation looking for Overflow, but you keep speaking out of your mouth brokenness and a poverty mindset. You always want to acknowledge the truth of your situation, but you should never allow it to define who you are. When you bring something to God, be honest about what it is, but don't allow what it is to define you. Great example. The doctors have said that you have cancer. Don't walk around saying, Jesus, I need you to heal me. I'm a cancer patient. You should begin to change your words to say, God, I am coming here for healing. They say I have cancer. But I believe what you say about me, that I am already healed by your stripes. You have to start, you have to change the way you define your situations. You have to change the way you're looking at it. That is breaking faith. Number two, you need to let faith break your expectations. You like that, E? Number two, you need to let faith break your expectations. Because when he brought his son to them, he said, I brought him to your disciples because I've seen other people heal him. I've seen you heal other people, and they were around you, so I expected to get the same thing that they got. And here's a side nugget. And then the disciples didn't truly believe what, was, what he had been teaching them, so they said, well, I've seen Jesus say it this way, so I expect if he, if he says it this way, then I guess it's going to go this way. Why do you think they couldn't heal the boy? It's because they weren't doing what was inside of them. They were doing what they had seen. Just because you've seen your situation repeat itself one way in the past, that doesn't mean that that's how it's going to work 
this time. The other part is when he brought the boy and he's telling all the story, he said, "Um, well, Jesus, I'm bringing my boy to you. And they tried to heal him and it couldn't. So if you can, do something. I'd, I'd appreciate it. Just because you brought that addiction to the altar before and it kept chasing you down doesn't mean that this time it's going to follow you. Just because you prayed for the thing to shift and change and it seemed like it kept going in the same direction doesn't mean that this time when you pray, it's not going to shift. You need to change your expectations. Number three. Number three. You need to let faith break your mask. You need to let faith break your mask. I found it interesting as I was looking at this passage of scripture that when the man brought the situation with his son, he spoke, he replied, but at the point that Jesus said, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to do this for you. The word actually says the man cried. Do y'all see that? Let me pull it back. Passion translation. What do you mean if you're able to do something? All things are possible to the believer. Verse 27, and when he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears. Y'all see that? That's in the Bible, right? He cried out with tears. He didn't cry out with tears at the beginning of this situation. He cried out with tears as he was coming to the precipice of actually receiving what he was believing for. See, I think the challenge that some of us are having is that we're not getting breakthrough because we aren't willing to release our mask. I don't want nobody to know how much this is really affecting me. I just, I just, I'm good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> Highly favored. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, don't, don't cry too much in worship. Don't cry too much. They'll think something's wrong. Oh, oh, don't, don't let that cry come out of your spirit. Don't, don't, while you're praying, don't let that come out, especially in a big room, because somebody will be uncomfortable. But if you aren't willing to break your emotions about it, then you aren't prepared to receive a breakthrough in it. Thin line. Now, I'm not saying that you got to be crying all the time and because some people, that's, that's your revelation. That's what you want. But sometimes you've been praying for something so long and you've been interceding so long that sometimes you got to be honest with God. And the truth is, you actually should always be honest with God. If you have an issue that is weighing on you, he wants to hear that it's weighing on you. He wants you, ooh, I feel that in this room. He wants you to be real with him. Be real with him, acknowledge your situation, and then put his word on top of it. Number four, things your faith needs to break. Let faith break your dependence on others to confirm your miracle. 
Verse 25 and 26. So when Jesus saw that the crowd was quickly growing larger, he commanded the demon, saying, Deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The demon shrieked and threw the boy into terrible seizures and finally came out of him. The boy lay there looking like a corpse. Other translations said that the people began to murmur and say, Oh, he died. Oh, he's dead. Oh, I'm so sorry. He's dead. But if Jesus has declared that he's free... And everybody else is saying, oh, he's dead. Some of you have been praying for things to shift and change. And other folks say, that don't look right. But if God says that you're healed, if God says that your marriage is restored, if God says that you are the head and not the tail, you need to start believing him and stop waiting on them to agree with what he said about you. Why don't you start agreeing with, with, with what he has said about you instead of waiting for your friend? Some of y'all, God has given you a business. Some of you, God has given you a book. God has, you has given something to move in, and you're just waiting for somebody else to confirm what he said. Okay, so God, if you want me to write this book, you're going to send all these resources to make it happen. Okay, go. Okay, I don't see no, I don't, okay, I don't see no resources. Uh, Minister Johnny said he has his wallet, so um, Minister Johnny going to have the money for me. Nope, he hadn't confirmed that. Must not been God. Some people, some of you need to just start saying, God, you said what? Okay. Where you, where you going? Don't worry about it. I'm just going where he told me. But if you go over there, it's a dark spot. I believe that by the time I get over there, it'll be light. He told me to go over here. And so he, he told, he told, I'm, this is where he told me to go. I just, oh, okay. I need y'all to catch up to it. Turn the light off, Griff. Because when I started walking over there, I didn't see the light. So I couldn't trust that the light would be there, but I believed. That I had people around me. That by the time I got over there, come on. Trust and belief are two different things. You need to let faith break your dependence on somebody else to confirm what God has said about you. True faith leans into what he says, not what they see. Some of you have been living in de- on dependent on feedback and not faith. Number one, make sure you let your faith break how you, how you define your reality. Number two, let faith break your expectations. Number three, let faith break your mask. Number four, let faith break your dependence on others to confirm your miracle. Do y'all got that? Yeah. Good, because I want to give you this other story. And this other story is where we're going to start applying it. Because we're not just going to get information and sit down. We're going to actually get it and then put it to action. Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. I'm still good. Now, if Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon, a man, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And as he was reclining in the table, a woman came into the house with an alabaster flask filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She came to Jesus with a gesture of extreme devotion. She broke the flask and poured out the precious oil all over his head. 
But some were highly indignant when they saw this and they complained and they scolded her. I'm skipping ahead. Y'all stay with me. And scolded her harshly. Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness and she has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. See, uh, Pastor Trish actually gave this. um, She did a wonderful job in breaking this down at uh, the women's conference, misbehaving. Yeah, I snuck in there. It's just... I snuck it. I stayed in my hotel room, but I was there. Anyway, and she talked about this alabaster box. E, you can go ahead and start just playing. Team, y'all can come on out. Because this box, we forget a lot of things in the detail of this. See, when she had the box, and inside of here is a flask, this wasn't just about money. This box was actually her dowry. For those of us in Western culture, we don't know much about this. But women were second-class citizens. And in order to be married, they had to have value. Their value was not in their beauty. Their value was in what they could bring to their new husband. And so this woman had this box that was going to be her gift to her husband to say, this is what I'm worth. Some of you have been carrying around boxes like this. Something that was crafted and made for you Because the dowry didn't come from her, it came from her parents. And without this, she could not be married. And so, she had to carry this around and save this and keep it secure. Now, I don't have the seal on here, but they actually had a seal on the box that could not be broken until she was married. If I carried this box, but the seal was broken, I had no value. And inside of here is a fragrant oil that's gonna, that can be used to be sold to make sure that my new husband knows how much value I have. But she had an experience with someone and she believed that what was inside of him was greater than what she had been trusting for. I need y'all to catch this. And so she took that box and she looked at the space where he was. Number one, people are going to look at her crazy. Why are you walking with this box? Because everybody knows what it's for. Number two, she's about to walk into a room full of men. And it's against law for any woman to be in a room with men. But I got to get to him. And so she walks, she finds her way into the room. She gets so close, I can't, I can't hold it back anymore. I just, whatever he has for me is what I need. 
Chief. Whatever my value is, whatever my value is, you're more valuable than it is. I find my identity in you. I wish there were some people this morning that would stop holding on to their dowry. The thing that they've been holding and giving them identity in, start believing that if I could just get rid of what I've been holding on to and surrendering it to the one who is my identity, if I can let go of what I've been trusting in, I can start receiving what I've been believing for. Rabasso, I feel this thing. If there's anybody in this room, we're going to take three minutes. If you need to break your mask, I invite you to this altar. I invite you to come up. I don't care what you've been doing. I don't care if you're a minister. I don't care if you're a dream team leader. I don't care if you've been in church. I don't care if you've been at Linked Up Church since Faith Christian Center. There is a breaking that needs to happen in your life. Someone begin to break open your flask now. As we touch you with our faith, we receive manifestation. As we touch you with our faith, we receive manifestation. What was invisible shall be visible. And what was impossible, Shall be possible as we touch you with us. Say it. We receive as we touch you. We receive what was invisible. Are you willing to believe God for it today?
don't have to see it, but I know it's coming. I don't have to see it, but I know it's... Somebody say that. I don't have to see it. Come on, come on, raise your faith. I know what you've seen before, but I don't have to see it. Hallelujah. A shifting is happening in your life now. I don't have to see it, but I know. I don't have to see it, but I know. I don't have to see it, but I know it's coming. There is healing at this atmosphere. I don't have to see it. Are you willing to break in order to receive what you've been praying for? What are you willing to break in order to receive what you believe for? It may not look how you thought it was going to look, but I promise you he is going to do exceeding abundantly above whatever you could ask or think. If you believe that, somebody lift up a shout of praise in this room. Somebody lift up a shout like you know you've already got it. Father, we declare that the foundation of faith that's been built in this house is not for a season, but for a movement. 
I declare that every faith project that didn't manifest in Connect 40 is manifesting now in the name of Jesus. Every unspoken prayer resolved in Jesus' name. As we break ourselves before you, we will receive what you have for us. And we will be careful to give you glory as we are healed. We will be careful to give you glory as we are restored. We will be careful to give you glory and give you honor and give you praise. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000 thanks again for listening have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you